G'day mate, Forty here at La Perouse Beach near Botany Bay in Sydney and uh, it's a wonderful day, it's uh, Muslim day it's wonderful to see dozens of Muslims in, in full Muslim regalia you know, going to the beach being both fair dinkum Muzzies and fair dinkum Aussies and you know, how we can all just get along and uh, Islam has played such a, an integral role in the whole history and development of Australia and the sad thing is I can't even name any of the powerful, influential, important Australians who are Muslims because of our bloody educational system, mate. Right? It, it, it refuses to acknowledge Islamic contributions. There's this like, crazy wall of silence. And uh, I'm, I'm here to do something about that. So there's a big sign up saying five people have died here at this, at this place. And if you're going to fish here, you have to wear a life jacket. And uh, someone died while fishing in Sydney just the other day. Yeah, Kanye West likes the Fuhrer. So yeah, I recognize, I fully recognize the humanity of Nazis. I, I see it. Uh, Ricardo challenged me to recognize the full humanity of Nazis, and I absolutely do. Now, Ricardo sees you know, the devil in many different places and uses the devil as an explanation. Many people use you know, the demonic as an explanation for Hitler and the Nazis, but I don't. I see them all as fully human. I recognize their humanity, and I recognize that they did good things. Like the Nazis were generally kind to animals, and uh, Hitler was generally kind to animals. And if uh, Hitler had retired or, or died in 1938, yeah, he likely would have gone down as one of the most important uh, German leaders ever. Like on just a pure power basis, he seemed to be doing everything right up until about 1939, and then it all fell apart. So, I was listening to Richard Spencer, and what makes Richard Spencer so much fun to listen to is that he's so passionate, and he really believes what he's saying, now, as opposed to a bloke like me who's just frequently parroting the conventional wisdom and is not even very sure about it. So, so uh, Richard sees yayism as triumphant which seems uh, really bizarre to me but that's what you know makes richard so much fun wow that was some of the most insane compelling ridiculous maybe powerful right so i would never think of that yeah hitler was on neutral grounds with the vatican until around 1939 so uh yeah, he was on a good wicket as far as amassing power, and any German leader at that time would have been strongly incentivized to, you know, go to try to take over and control Europe. That, that's just basic power politics. You know, what was unique about Hitler and what other leaders would not have done is you know, exterminate the Jews. But, uh, you, you know, I think most people just see Kanye West's performance the last six weeks as self-destruction. And there's an episode of you know, megalomania. And my definition of mental illness is, you know, if your mental faculties aren't suiting your best interests. So that's my rather dull and pedestrian take. But uh, Richard has a much more exciting perspective. That is the right word. Live stream that I have ever seen in my life. Um, I was actually... So I haven't seen more than just a few excerpts from... Kanye's appearance on Alex Jones, but I, I doubt you know, I doubt that I'd find it uh, as compelling, exciting, and powerful as Richard does. To me, it just seems ever 
in ever greater, ever more intense forms of destruction. Now, I absolutely believe that you can say critical, important things about any group, including Jews, and that all groups benefit from accurate criticism. I just don't see Kanye contributing anything new in his critiques of Jews, and what he does say that's new I don't see as true. So what he says is true is not new, what he says is new is, is not true. That's, that's my petting, that's my plodding pedestrian take. And uh, this is why it's so hard to compete with the Richard Spencer, who has you know, such passionate uh, anti-conventional wisdom perspectives, and it makes him a lot of fun. Taking care of some things in the house this morning, uh, shoveling a little snow, actually uh, taking the dog for a walk, listening to this, I couldn't take my eyes off it, um, or ears off it in this case. Now, I would like to say from the onset that I don't support this movement. This movement is not me. It's not what I want. It's not something that I resonate with. It is something that I personally, at least in its ideology, something I find ridiculous and maybe even contemptible on some level. But I will not deny its power. And, you know, as I've said in a couple of these previous... So to what kind of people would uh, Kanye's performance be powerful? And I think it would be a lot of people with a theatrical bent. So Richard in high school thought he'd become a theater director when he grew up. So I think Richard is compelled by the, the powerful theatrical elements of uh, Kanye's self-destructive spiral. And what, what makes Richard so compelling is that there is a public performance aspect to his public performance, to, to his life, right? He, he speaks and acts and, and live streams as a highly compelling theatrical performance. And it's very hard to, to match that level of uh, compelling content. And I've written this, you know, Trump just kind of threw away his mojo. He was a, in that last speech um, at Mar-a-Lago, his announcement of his 2024 campaign. So those things that are effective are usually not exciting. Right? Those things that are true are usually not exciting. Those things that are profound and wise and good are usually not exciting. And I speak as someone with a lot of addictive tendencies. Their excitement is kind of dangerous for me. Yeah, Richard Spencer is flamboyant, treating each talk as a performance. Yeah, it's uh, incredibly compelling. And uh, I'm not sure why the seagulls are, are circling me. I, I just wonder what they know that I don't know. Yeah, he, he loves each new shiny object, said, uh, said a friend. But, you know, I listen to him because he is great fun to listen to. ...written by Stephen Miller. He just kind of threw away the crazy, the... Dionysian pull, the intoxicating incentive. So for most people, they have a strong incentive to throw away the crazy, all right? There are very few people who benefit by going public with the crazy aspects of themselves. And th those tiny few are public personalities and performers who are not seeking to be known as leadership material or solid material, uh, not seeking to have a positive influence on people's lives, but, and this is not a criticism, they just go breakneck uh, you know, with, with whatever their insights are, and they're not going to allow you know, possible negative consequences to this or that idea 
to hold them back from saying whatever it is that they feel. So most adults do not benefit by going full crazy. And there's a tide coming in. Tide's coming for all of us. ...of Trumpism that is present at his rallies. And he tried to be a regular Republican, and that will fail. And I suggested that he needs to kind of go crazy. I mean, go big or go home. That's the only way he can win, is to actually tap into this stuff. And he wasn't willing to at the time. Okay, so what will primarily determine whether Trump wins or loses is not the degree of crazy in his performance. All right, this is my contrary perspective. What will primarily determine whether or not Trump wins or loses is events, my dear boy, events. That's what Harold Macmillan said when answering a question, what would determine the success of your administration? Harold Macmillan, the British Prime Minister, took over in the 1950s from Anthony Eden. And he said, events, my dear boy, events. So events are constantly happening, situations are changing, and how well adapted, how well suited, how well positioned you are to unexpected, unexplainable, unprecedented, unforeseen events is what will largely determine whether or not Trump is elected and how successful Trump is in office. So, for example, you know, many politicians benefit from very careful planning, and uh, Donald Trump is obviously not a careful planner. But there are situations and circumstances that give the advantage to someone who is spontaneous, uh, shoots from the hip, is uh, somewhat chaotic like uh, Donald Trump. Now, I thought he might change or so on, but what is what I've seen happen is that, yay, Nick Fuentes, I think Milo's a, a, a sociopath who's probably trying to rob them all, but anyway, Alex Jones. They... So Richard doesn't point out that uh, perhaps a large cause of the enmity on his part against Milo is that uh, Milo released that 60-second clip of uh, Richard screaming on the night of Charlottesville, we're coming back here a thousand times if we have to. Now we're going to destroy this town. And that was Milo Yiannopoulos who released that clip. And Milo then threatened that he had a lot of other such recordings to, to bury you know, many different personalities on the alt-right. I don't think Richard appreciates that. Would Trump be the Dionysian and Richard the Apollonian? Uh, I'm not really up enough on my Greek mythology. Went there. And they are producing something that, again, I pretty profoundly dislike and disagree with and don't resonate with, but which I am uh, authentic enough to recognize as authentic. It is, you know, if there's, if you walk into a party and there's lines of cocaine or there's a, a red... Right, so that's a really powerful uh, perspective when you say things contrary to people's expectations. Right, That really grabs people's attention. So if Richard was just to do this Twitter space and trash... Nick Fuentes, that would be boring because that's what people expect. He just did a, a space where he trashed Kanye West. That would be boring because that's what people expect. But by saying something against what people expect, he is compelling our attention. Red Bull, waiting for you. Which one would you be tempted to reach for? Are you going to reach for the pale imitation, the mere stimulant, or are you just going to reach for the real thing? Are you going to go there? So I had my first cup of coffee. This morning, and I don't know how to order a cup of coffee, so I tried to order just a regular large cup of coffee this morning because I got up at 2 a.m. to watch the USA lose 3 1 to the Netherlands. USA held its own, generally speaking. USA held its own against the Netherlands and against England. I mean, they can be proud, there's definite improvement. 
Nietzsche wrote about this in his first book, Birth of Tragedy, Dionysian versus Apollonian. Uh, and so I, I try to order a regular cup of coffee and they say, oh, you mean an espresso? So I really don't know the difference between coffee and espresso, but I think espresso has milk in it and I don't like black coffee. So I like milky coffee. Uh, so I said, yeah. And yeah, I look really ill at ease in that, that sports bar. I haven't spent much time in a sports bar. I don't know all the mores in Australian sports bars. And, you know, I, I wanted to film, you know, basically from the back of people's heads, uh, just kind of get a sense of the sports bar. But, you know, I didn't want anyone, you know, thinking I was doing anything pervy, anything inappropriate. Uh, like a lot of people had their cameras out. The English fans were banned from dressing as holy crusaders as it might have offended the Arabs. Oh, <laughs> So, yeah, this is a wonderful Muslim day here at La Perouse Beach. So many Muslims here. Like, it's the largest collection of Muslims I've seen yet in Australia. Probably seen, you know, about a hundred of them. And, yeah, live streaming publicly when people are around is like, I don't like it. It just makes me uncomfortable because I think it might make other people uncomfortable. But a lot of people had their phones out. They were filming the, the crowd kind of capturing the excitement, so I went along with it. But you know, God forbid someone thinks I'm doing something inappropriate, you know, with, with my with my camera. So try to keep everything not just kosher, but, you know, obviously looking kosher, right? It's, you can't just, uh, can't just sound kosher. You also have to look kosher. All I can say is, wow, that was some of the most insane, compelling, ridiculous, maybe powerful television, that is the right word, live stream that I have ever seen in my life. Um, I was actually taking care of some things in the house this morning, uh, shoveling a little snow. So, actually, uh, taking the this makes me think again, that which is compelling is really important. That which is exciting is really important. You know, that which is famous, that which is popular is uh, really important. So fame, popularity, excitement uh, usually have an opposite correlation with uh, importance. Boy, I hope it, I hope it doesn't get so hot here in the sun that my uh, iPhone shuts down on me while I'm playing some excerpts from Richard Spencer's space dog for a walk listening to this i couldn't take my eyes off it uh, or ears off it in this case now i would like to say from the onset that i don't support this movement this movement is not me it's not what i want it's not something that i resonate with it is something that i personally at least as ideology something i find ridiculous and maybe even contemptible at some level but i will not deny its power and, you know, as I've said in a couple of these previous spaces, and I've written this, you know, Trump kind of threw away his mojo for campaign. Sounds too hot. Presumably written if by Stephen Miller. He just kind of threw away the crazy, gotta get out the, of the sun. Dionysian pull, the intoxicating I gotta get out insanity of, the of Trumpism that is present at his rallies. And he tried to be a regular Republican, and that will fail. And I suggested that he needs to kind of go crazy. I mean, go big or go home. 
that's the only way he can win is to actually tap into the stuff. And he wasn't willing to at the time. Now, I thought he might change or so on, but what is what I've seen happen is that yay, Nick Quintez, I think mean, mine was a, uh, a sociopath who's probably trying to rob them all, but anyway, Alex Jones, they all went there. And they are producing something that, again, I pretty profoundly dislike and disagree with, don't resonate with, but which I am uh, authentic enough to recognize as authentic. It is, you know, if there's, if you walk into a party, there's lines of cocaine, or there's a, a Red Bull waiting for you, which one would you be tempted to reach for? Are you going to reach for the pale imitation, the mere stimulant, or are you just going to reach for the real thing? Are you going to go there? And are you going to get sucked into this kind of mess that they're creating? The answer is that they, this kind of thing will win. This kind of thing is more authentic, it's more powerful, it's more just outright insane. It will win over average Republicanism any day. And at the end of the day, I think average Republicans are going to have a hard time criticizing this because they're ultimately criticizing their own people. They're a kind of mask on this Christian insanity that was just laid out for you in its full glory today on the Alex Jones program. They're going to have a real difficult time denouncing it. They're going to probably try to avoid it all. But at the end of the day, this is the kind, this is in, in its essence the kind of thing that actually motivates Republican voters. So again, just to make this clear, I, I have been clear. I don't support this, but I recognize its power. And I, in some ways, have a... Is it really that powerful, though? I mean, is it anything more powerful than like a uh, a train wreck, a car crash, you know, seeing someone disembowel themselves? Is it uh, is it any more powerful than that? So, had to have to find some some shade. So my phone's then overheat. respect for someone like Fuentes and Ye for just going full bore and taking something to its limit or only five people have died here so I think I'm fine kind of becoming what it is in a Hegelian sense Nietzschean sense gotta find you're shade not mindful you were laying out what a, a right-wing ideology of Christian Christianity I wouldn't even say Christian national they've gone behind beyond that you're laying out what that actually looks like and sounds like and there's something immensely powerful in that so yeah I think this is future and um they moved beyond I, I kind of like the idea of what i mean i don't like it so I, I admire the fact that they, they just left 2016 in its tracks i was just talking to someone um just before i got on the space who was saying like all these tech bro uh you know elon musk types they're, they're doing like 2014 level memes they're so far behind. yeah this tech bro elon musk stuff you know it's so far behind so i remember richard predicted that uh elon would not change twitter well, look at those crabs. Lance made profound, profound changes to Twitter. And uh, what he's done is incredibly important. Right? I've heard people talk about on Fox News how he saved America. Uh, the actor James Wood said that. So, yeah, obviously that's a massive overstatement. But, you know, Elon Musk is making real important change in the world. And... Uh, I don't think it's just boring 2016, 2014 stuff. Right? If it's boring, then the boring is good. Far behind. They're talking about like free speech. <laughs> free speech, that's boring. How dull is that? How 2014 is that? Free speech? Yourselves against tyranny, you're the power of speech. You know, 2014 called it, whether you use that. 
you know, maybe in a couple of years, they'll be up to 2016, like Trump is up or something. They're always behind. They're in some ways 10 years. I'd rather be behind and right. I'd rather be behind and true. I'd rather be behind and good. Like, I'd rather be behind and fair dinkum than to be ahead of things and to be wrong, to be ahead of things and be destructive. So, that's uh, how I see things compared to Richard. So there's like a lot of desire for excitement and uh, you know, the thrill of the, the novel. But uh, sometimes it's better just to be right and true and good and pro-social. Yeah. This political movement doesn't have any, or many respectable leaders, probably not uh, coincidental. So, now this side of the beach there wasn't good because tide was coming in, the waves were getting closer, but at least there wasn't wind. Now over, over here, there's wind, which is going to interfere with the uh, sound quality. So I want to get out of the sun and get out of the wind, so I can go back to providing you, you know, that high quality production, which my videos are still going I think E's personal trainer is a massage train, I have no idea. And also, what does massage train mean? Like, I've probably taken classes from someone who's taken classes with someone who had some connection to the massage. So, you know, am I massage trained? Alright? So, massage is a word that's thrown around a lot. When people threaten me, I'll talk about, oh, you know, I'm going to go after you with these guys at massage. But what it probably means is they once knew someone who knew someone who was Mossad. So there's a lot of uh, exaggeration often with regard to, you know, claims of uh, stolen valor. You know, Mossad in, in uh, some circles is a scary or prestigious or deadly or an evil name. And, you know, a name with that much impact. Uh, people are strongly out at uh, Botany Bay, more like the side activity in Canadian government, mind control type. He also handled Courtney Love. Okay, so anything Israeli has a lot of prestige with some people, or anything, you know, remotely connected to Mossad. Helps people get hired for jobs. Uh, people who've served in the IDF, right, it helps them often get uh, security jobs.